Let's look at Thursday's games. There were nine games on. There's ridiculous chaos because the NBA puts nine games on a day where the trade deadline happens. So you've got stupid lineups. So we're going to try and decipher as much as we can. It'll be fun. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here. And it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Sloyd and I've fallen victim to the Scunthorpe problem. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We're available on all platforms. Be a double banger. Watch the video, then go listen to the audio, get them both rolling, and give that thumbs up, give that notification bell a crack, and subscribe and leave your comments. I am unbelievably tired, but we're going to power through, and we're going to talk about all the action on Thursday across the NBA. We'll see what we can get out of it. What happens at the trade deadline is we look at things that happen in real time. We go, oh, well, I think this happens. I think this happens. And then we sit back and look at it an hour later and go, well, okay, this might happen. And then we see the coaches deploy the players when they're waiting for traded guys to come. We go, oh, well, that's a little bit different. And then we see the traded guys arriving. Oh, well, that's different again. And then we see the rotations settle in in a week or two's time. We go, oh, well, that's different again. So this is what's going to happen. You're going to have guys that you think were the must-ads or the guys that weren't the ads that become the ads and then drop away from being the ads and become into drops. And it's, it's like we said at the start of the year, there's all weird settling of going, well, why is this guy in the rotation? And then two weeks later, he's out. Well, why is he not playing? And then later on, he is. And that happens here as we sort of sit and try and figure out how all this stuff fits together and the coaches try and figure it out in real time as well. There's a lot of weird stuff that is going to go on. Be nimble, be ready to sort of be um, quick on the move and ads and drops and understanding that, there's going to be weird stuff that happens that doesn't necessarily play to what my expectations are, but also what your expectations are, whether it's the same as mine or not. I've got no idea, but you might have a different thought on a different player and that guy jumps up and this guy jumps down and whatever it is. Weird stuff is going to happen. That is the name of the game. The only real bit of news I think that's happened since I last spoke is that Danilo Gallinari was waived by the Pistons. So they, I don't know. Look, they made just so many moves and so many of the guys that came in, so Joe Harris is gone, Archer Giacchino is gone, uh, Gallinari is gone, Killian Hayes is gone. One other guy got waived. They weighed five guys. And they got injuries. And we'll talk about them later on in their game. But yeah, Gallinari did get waived today. So that's something that happened. Um, yeah, so that's that. So just if he's... That, that, that helps someone like Asar Thompson because... We heard Monty Williams talking about how much he loved having Gallinari out there and just those extra bodies to play minutes that might impact someone like Asar. It's gone away. That's good news in that respect. Let's look at some waiver wire trends. This doesn't capture doesn't capture everything, obviously. It's the last 24 hours. So some of this is post-deadline, some of it's pre-deadline. The most added player was Andre Drummond, which is really interesting. I guess a lot of people were doing that to stash him for the deadline. It didn't work out. And then... He came off the bench today, so it really didn't work out. And then he played a million minutes next to Nikola Vucevic, so it did work out. That's what I mean. Like, you added Vuce, no, you added Drummond so he'd be traded. He didn't get traded. He came off the bench, and he played like a starter anyway. What a roller coaster of emotions. 
Asar Thompson, next. It gets hard to judge the Pistons team today because there's still got a lot of pieces that need to arrive. I do think there is an opportunity for Asar. He is fine to roster, absolutely. But I'm not sure it's as clear of a 30-minute pathway as maybe it appears, but it also might be. Andy Wiggins up 18%. I'm not 100% certain that he's guaranteed must roster, but sure. Keontae George up 11%. Tony Jones, who covers the Athletics, says, hey, it would make a lot of... Uh, covers the Jazz for the Athletics, said, hey, I think it would make a lot of sense if George moved into the starting lineup for this team now. So that's something interesting. We know that they've got no small forwards on this team whatsoever. We'll talk about George and the Jazz later on, who, of course, are still missing some pieces. Amen Thompson up 8%. Well, you obviously go and grab a men now if you've got the waiver ability or if he's there with the trade deadline passed. And Precious Achua up 7%. So again, the long-term outlook for Precious doesn't look particularly strong. But we got an update on Ojin Anobi having surgery on his elbow. And then in-game today, we had Isaiah Hartenstein leave. So it all is coming up Achua at the moment. But then later on, you'll have Robinson, Randall, Ananobi, and Hartenstein all come back. And this guy might play five minutes. So it's a very wild, up-and-down type of scenario for Precious. And everything sort of just folded right into place with the news over the last three hours for his value. The most dropped players, Cam Whitmore down 8%, while the Rockets made no move to open anything up for him. That makes sense. Mo Bumba down 7%. I still think Mo is an interesting enough deep league option because the Sixers made no moves there. Uh, and they got rid of Marcus Morris. Nick Richards down 6%. I don't I don't get it. I would not have dropped Nick Richards. But anyway, Jaime Huckers down 6%. Joshie Richardson down 5% and Lonnie Walker down 5%. They're all total 12-team league drops without really any question whatsoever. So let's um let's get in and talk about these games. All right, so let's uh let's hit up the first game, the Golden State Warriors and the Indiana Pacers. A lineup change here for the Warriors. Clay Thompson was out with an illness, so Brandon Pajemski. He stepped back into the starting lineup. And that just seems to be the case. Wiggins is out, Pajemski's out. They'll just go with Pajemski. We'll see exactly what happens when uh, when Chris Paul does return, how they run that. But at the moment, Pajemski's got that role. Bit of a blowout victory here for the Warriors. They win at 130, 131 to 109 over the Pacers. Steph was unbelievable, especially early on. I think he had 18 points in the first quarter. He ends with 42, 11 triples. Not much else going on there, but 68% shooting. Steph's like last three games. He had an absolutely monster game a nothing game like yesterday, and then this gigantic one here. Kaminga continues on pretty strongly. The last couple have been a little bit lower, but still 18, 2, and 4 with two blocks. And Pajemski, 34 minutes, 9, 7, and 7, two steals and a block. Hard to see those minutes keeping up for pods, um, but it's still a, a good performance, and I would hold. My man, Lester Quinones, played 27 minutes. He had 6 and 5, while Guy Santos had 13 and 8. We've got no, no Clay, no Paul, no Peyton here, so all those guys are going to have an impact on Santos and Quinones. Wiggins had 11, 4, and 5 in 26. Nothing super exciting there to write home about. And um, uh, Kevon Looney is 100% on his way out of the rotation. I feel like they're definitely just playing him so he keeps his games played streak alive. Two points in five minutes. For the pace, is a really weird game from Halliburton. He was scoreless at halftime. He played just 26 minutes. He had five points on 29%. He did have 11 assists with a steal and a block. There is still a bit of a buy low here available for Tyrese Halliburton because um, he's not playing that well at the moment. Obviously, they were without Buddy Heald, but the Doug McDermott hasn't joined. Not that that matters that much. Neesmith, only 26 minutes. Again, the blowout cut everyone's minutes back. 13 and 4 with five steals for Neesmith. He should be on a roster while Jalen Smith had 14 points in 13 minutes and then was out with back spasms. So he was putting up some really good numbers. He's at least a stramble guy in these low minutes. 
Siakam had 16 and 8, Nempard 10, 1 and 3, um, and Miles Turner 15 and 7. But again, hard to read too much into it. But what I would read into is, again, just another stinker from Ben Matherin. 11 points on 18% shooting with zero rebounds and one assist. He played 24 minutes. He might play more that Heald's gone, but he just has such an unfriendly game for fantasy. And there's just way too much inconsistency in what he does for me to feel super confident in his production as a, as a regular thing. So yeah, he was uh, not super strong. I'd be okay with holding him in, in like points leagues. But in category leagues, to me, he's very much... He's very much on the border in that sort of a format. Let's go to the next one. Uh, actually, no, we won't go to the next one just yet. We'll go to that second because today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with me to give you the guaranteed best fantasy picks. Well, I don't know if it's guaranteed, but it's a guaranteed fit all season long. Hopefully, these guys become guaranteed fits on your roster. Let's talk about Marvin Bagley. I think that when Marvin Bagley returns from his injury, maybe next game, He's going to be the wizard starting center over Rashawn Holmes. And that makes him worth an ad. And you know me, I don't particularly like Bagley from a real life perspective or from a fantasy perspective, but this situation demands that we pay attention to him. So go and have a look to see whether Marvin Bagley is available on your waiver wire because is that the move that takes you to a fantasy championship? Well, it might be. And knowing that the right fit is key to building a championship team, the same that eBay Motors knows with your vehicle. With 122 million parts, over 122 million parts, in fact, for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you are burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Okay, let us do the second game of the day. It is the San Antonio Spurs on a back-to-back against the Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. 127 Orlando, 111 San Antonio. Only 23 minutes for Victor Wembanyama. 15 points, two threes, one rebound. Three blocks. I'm guessing that the game was out of hand. Well, I know the game was out of hand, but the minutes are kept lower here. And because it was a back-to-back, so I wouldn't be too panicked about it. It's not ideal. Vassal had 30-5 and five in 35 minutes, while Trey Jones, 10 points, six assists, and three steals. Sohan on another bit of a, a slow run here, 9-2-1. I think he can be rostered. If he wanted to drop for somebody else, it's all right. Well, Zach Collins had a better game with uh, Wimanyama's minutes down, 12-3-3, two blocks. I would not bother rostering him in 12s. And the horse had 12 points, Keldon Johnson, in 24 minutes. Not enough for me. 12-4-1 for Keldon Johnson. Not enough for him to be a 12-team league guy. In fact, Jack Armstrong. Get that garbage out of here! Uh, yeah, Branham had two points in 20 minutes. I'm, I'm not convinced about him as a prospect at all. Franz Wagner. 28 minutes, 34 points. 34, 7, and 7, and 2 blocks is huge. And we finally got a little bit more of Cole Anthony. He played 19 minutes for 12 points. We're not trusting that. He had 71% shooting. We don't care. Johnny Isaac, 9 and 6 in 19 minutes. 19 minutes is not enough for Isaac to be a 12-team league player. While Fultz had 2 and 5, 4 assists and 2 steals. He's sort of going back and forward, back and forward. And I don't know that he's a must-roster guy. I don't know that Wendell Carter's a must-roster guy, who now only played 26 minutes here. Um, and I think you're looking at those guys as a little bit more fringy than, than must at this stage. Suggsy, 17-3-2 with two steals and three threes. I would have Suggs over Fultz and Carter from this team. And we got Bunkero having 16-5-6. and six. Not a huge amount of massive takeaways, I don't think, from the, the Orlando Magic just as a general rule in this one. The next game, 
was the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets, no Spencer Dinwiddie. He was out of the starting lineup. So Jalen Wilson stepped into the lineup. This was a guy that I've talked about a couple of times just to like, just to keep one close eye on. And he moved straight into that starting lineup today. And they didn't win, but he was there. We'll talk about them in a second. The Cavs, they just keep winning 118-95, the final score. Mitchell continues to just absolutely roll. He's the fourth-ranked player over the last two weeks, and he's seventh for the season. Amazing. 27-5-4, three steals and three blocks for the Don. That is just ridiculous stuff. Allen had 14-10. Mobley had 14-12 with two blocks, and both guys had two assists. Jarrett Allen... Uh, what's I going to say? Jared Allen has dropped off significantly since Mobley returned. We knew this would happen. He's going to hover in that 40 to 60 zone, I would guess, rest of the season. And Mobley is still going to push up. Garland, the buy low still there. Like, that's not a super sexy 14 with seven assists, but he shot well and he played on the back to back. The winner soldier, Max Struess, I think we're done. Get that garbage out of here. Six and five. Karis Levert, we're definitely done. Get that garbage out of here. Four, three, and five in his 23 minutes. Easy win. Now, for the Nets, this is where things get interesting. Obviously, there's no Cam Johnson. There was no Lonnie Walker. There's no Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, and we don't have Dennis Schroeder on the team yet. So there's a lot of stuff that still has to happen. But let's talk about um, Jalen Wilson, who played 40 minutes. He had eight points with two threes, three rebounds, and three assists. He won't play 40 minutes every night because, obviously, Finney-Smith uh, and Johnson are going to come and take minutes. But it is interesting that he was the guy that they went to as the starter. Just keep an eye on that for deeper leagues. Claxton struggled 6-7. and seven. Cam Thomas had more shots than points in another surprising development. 17-4-1, 30 minutes. This is where, again, we have the issues with Thomas is that we talked about him as this buy-low, sell-high guy all the time, and he was a sell-high show three days ago, and in his last five games, he's outside the top 100. Like, that's how quickly it swings for him because of the just his game, honestly. Ben Simmons played only 20 minutes, 6-1-2 with one steal. And the big numbers came from Dennis Smith and Trendon Watford. 26 minutes for Dennis Smith, 6-4-7 and seven with five steals. And Watford had 15-6 and six in 26 minutes. But remember, is Dennis Smith going to play 26 a night when Dennis Schroeder joins? Probably not. Is Watford going to play 26 when Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith are there? Probably not. Now, Johnson's out for about another four or five days, maybe another two, three games. But these are not guys that I'm prioritizing to add. We had 23 Noah Clowney minutes in this one as well, who had eight and four. This is just one of those games where there are probably, well, there's probably five rotation players not available here. Johnson, Schroeder, Walker, Sharp, Finney-Smith. It's a lot. It's a lot of guys who need to come in and take guys like Clowney and Keon Johnson and Watford and reduce Smith and reduce Wilson. A bunch of things need to change. So while it was intriguing and somewhat informative to see Wilson start, this is not going to last in its um in its current format at that sort of a, a setup. We're just not going to be able to able to hold it there. It's just it's just not going to happen. Simple as that. Um, let's go on to the the next game. Yep, it is. What is it? The fourth game of the day: the Dallas Mavericks and the New York Knicks. Two teams who are heavily involved in trades today. The Knicks were without Jalen Brunson, who was out with that ankle problem. So Juice McBride stepped into that starting lineup. That is not a surprise at all. We sort of ex- we, we didn't expect. We knew that that was going to happen. The Mavericks obviously are without a bunch of key players. They are without, uh, in this one, no Derek Lively. Then we're still waiting on uh, Daniel Gafford and PJ Washington to arrive. And Dante Exxon was out. But they win 122-108. Doncic played 40 minutes, 39, 8, and 11, four steals, a block, and seven triples, putting up ridiculous numbers again. 
Kyrie, a little bit quieter here, 16-5-6, and six, and Hardaway had 19 with five threes. We know what Hardaway is. We know there's the ups and downs with him. Fine. If you want him, fine. If you don't, good game from Derek Jones, 18-5, and five, and solid enough from Josh Green, 15-6-3. But I don't trust either of those guys to be 12-team league players. I think the arrival of PJ Washington, who Jason Kidd said might start off coming off the bench, will have an impact on both of those players. And then we've got the situation with the centers. Now, in this one, it was Maxi Kleber, who had two points in 27 minutes and four blocks. But you're going to have both Lively and Gafford coming in the next like half a week, three to four days, who are going to have an impact on what Kleber does. So while it's great to see good games from Green and Jones and a big win on the road, how much does it actually matter when you've got Washington, Gafford, Lively, all need, and Exum even, all needing to come back into the rotation? And the same goes for the Knicks. So this is interesting, but... Bogdanovich and Burks, not available to play. Ananobi, who's out for those three plus weeks now. And then no Brunson here. So Josh Hart had 23, 10, and 12. A monster game for Hart. I think long-term, Josh Hart will be a drop. But while these players are out, you hold him. I think long-term, Precious Achua will be a drop. He had 13 and 16 here. And then we had, because we had Hartenstein leave the game. He played 15 minutes. So it's going to have to be some Sims, even though Taj Gibson started the second half. Um, but Chua's going to be the guy. Like huge numbers. And we roster that until until these other guys trickle back in. The NBA's greatest player, Dante DiVincenzo, had 36 points with seven triples. He might become a drop at some point, but we are nowhere near that spot at the moment. We It could get there, but it just doesn't. And again, Juice McBride, whenever he gets to play, he puts him up, man. He played 45 minutes because Thibodeau is again a maniac, although I will give Tom a pass. There were no options in this game. McBride had 21-6-5 with two threes and two steals, but you're going to get Burks, you're going to get Brunson, you're going to get Bogdanovich, you're going to get so many different guys coming back and coming in over the next three days and then more games moving forward that basically what we see out of this game gives you nice short-term stuff with Hart, DiVincenzo, Achua, McBride, that it's not going to last though. We need an update on Hartenstein, which of course at this point, we don't have that that update on him. Uh, It is obviously a little bit worrying, Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. The next game was the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Milwaukee Bucks. We had no Chris Middleton with that ankle sprain. I think he's probably, would be my guess, going to miss a week. But I, I don't know. Probably going to miss a week. And of course, they started Jay Crowder. But never fear. We did actually get to see some young guys in the rotation. But you know what the saying goes. An apple a day. The Bucks lose again. They're one and five now since Doc Rivers took over. Minnesota one twenty nine, the Bucks one hundred five for the Wolves. They they had their trade, but Monte Morris not available yet. JD McDaniel's left this game with a finger sprain. He only played nineteen minutes, eight points. We're not rostering him in twelves. We watch for the status of him. If he misses, then Kyle Anderson is probably worth looking at. Although. Anderson seems to be more limited to playing the four, and they might just go with more Nikhil Alexander-Walker there. Although Anderson had eight, five, and six with two steals here. That'd be at least a 14-team league sort of eye look at it if McDaniels misses. Mike Conley had 18, five, and nine. Really good game from him. Gobert, 16, 11. The Wizard of Nods put up a good one as well. 17 and four in 24 minutes. I still don't buy it as a 12-teamer. And Towns had 19 and 5. There's not a huge takeaway here. The 25 minutes from Alexander Walker, the 24 minutes from Kyle Anderson are things to pay attention to if Jaden misses. For the for the Bucks, there was no Lillard in this one, no Middleton in this one. Uh, Patrick Beverly hasn't arrived either. AJ Green led the team in scoring. Of course he did. 27 points in 22 minutes with seven triples on 82% shooting. I'm pretty sure we're not going to rely upon that. 
but it, it's, it, it happened. And Jay Crowder had 21, 8, and 5 with four threes with no Lillard and no Middleton. Like, that's cool. I wouldn't, I definitely would not succumb to adding Jay Crowder. This is good, but you know the motto for Jay. Um, Yanni, like they did, they pulled him off early, Giggity. He had 17, 3, and 7 in 27 minutes, and Leaky Beasley shot 8%. <laughs> three points, four rebounds, and three assists. Leaky is 278th now over the last two weeks, and he is only a streamable player. Bob Portis, 12 and 9, with Brook Lopez back. Some extra minutes there because Brook played only 26, and Giannis played only 27. You can hold Bobby for now. I don't think it's a long term thing. Well, Brook, 12 and 5, and two blocks in his return. But just, again, a ridiculously messy game. Pat Connaughton starting at point guard again. He had nine points and nine assists, but we're not rostering him. Uh, Andre Jackson went scoreless in his 18 minutes. Marjan Beauchamp played five minutes. This team looks like they just look in trouble, man. Like it just doesn't look good. And they've got some time to turn it around, but man, it looks terrible at the moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further? Ever wonder what adventure could be right around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue. It is perfect for city drives and for great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. And their lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Armada. It'll change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Okay, that brings us on to the next one, which was the uh, the Chicago Bulls. Yes, it was. The Chicago Bulls taking on the Minnesota... Uh, not the Minnesota, the Memphis Grizzlies, sorry. was uh, Oh, that's the wrong button. Let's hit that one, right? Yep, the Chicago Bulls and the Memphis Grizzlies. We did have the change. Andre Drummond went back to the bench after they started him against the Minnesota Timberwolves big lineup. Ayodesumu moved back into the starting lineup, but didn't really matter in the end, did it? Because uh, in the end, we had the Bulls winning 118 against a depleted husk of a Grizzlies team, 110. But Drummond was the big story. The big avocado played 31 minutes off the bench and he had 21 and 13 with a steal and a block on 91% shooting. That's very interesting. I don't know whether that'll be their thing to do. Patrick Williams is out for who knows how long. Um, and they really haven't gone to this alignment at all until that game against Minnesota. But you know what? It worked and it worked here again. So that means that, yes, we go and grab Andre Drummond. Sometimes you make moves in fantasy and they pay off not for the reasons you think. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen here with Drummond. Well, at least in the short term. Vooch had 20 and 10 with five assists. Inefficient, but got those blocks and threes, which is good. While DeRozan had 30 and 8 and White had 20 and 6 with eight assists. Not a great game from Caruso, but still we're holding him. 7-4 four and 4 with two steals. But of course, with Drummond stepping up, that means someone misses out and it's DeSumo again. 10 points, two threes. And this is the Io DeSumo that I've hated from a fantasy perspective for years. And he finally convinced me that I was in and let's go. And he's putting up these numbers and now we're back to this nonsense again. I would you would you Josh drop Andre? Would you drop Ayodosumu to add Andre Drummond? Hmm. I don't think you're missing a huge amount. 
with Desumu, honestly. So, sure. Sure. Like, if Desumu is going to play 37 minutes, we go with it. If he's not, move on. He's not a good per-minute guy. So, yeah, look, move on if you need to. Although, next game, it might be back to Desumu. I don't know. For the Grizzlies, they were without Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart. I didn't even show you the Grizzlies lineups. I should have shown you those because there was lineup changes there too. Jaron Jackson moved back into the starting lineup for Trey Jemison. Scotty Pippen, out of nowhere, moved into the starting lineup for Jacob Gilliard. Of course he did. This is part of the problem with the Grizzlies is we just never know where this stuff is going to end up. GG Jackson played 32 off the bench. He had 27 and 9 with four threes. That's an awesome game. Do I trust it with Bain, Smart, Kennard, um, Rose, Williams out? I'm not sure. Does Chemezi, Metu, and Yudawatanabe have an impact? They shouldn't, but they might. I don't mind if you want to stash GG. It's going to be very inconsistent, um, even game by game. Because remember, like last game, it was huge minutes for Gilead, and he had eight points here, and Pippen didn't play. And now Scotty plays 29 and has 15, 2, and 6. Whenever Scotty Pippen plays, he is a 12-team league player. The problem is it's not often enough. So I can't, I can't in all conscience say, yeah, you've got to go and grab Scotty Pippen. I, I would love to say it. But I don't know because they don't seem to be having him in every night. And of course, look, there was no Luke Kennard here. And does Marcus Smart come back? And does Bain come back? I don't know. Vince was great. 13, 11, and 8 with three steals. And big minutes for Santi Aldama. 15 and 5 with three threes. So he got the big minutes. Last game, he played 23 minutes with Tillman out. And Jaron out. And this one, Jaron's back. And he plays 37 minutes. Probably grab Aldama, like if he's there. I still don't think that he's a super high upside player. Like that is just a totally okay line without being super good. Jaron is going to just be a, a problem at, at times, I think. He had 32 minutes with 28 points. That's not a problem, but only one block, two rebounds. He shot 50%, but was bad from the line. A lot of volume, and it's going to really amplify when he has those bad shooting nights. And Conchar had four and three. Like he's sort of on the fence. And Jemison, who played 32 minutes last game, played 15. This is the unpredictability that I mean. Like, hey, maybe we thought Jemison could be the guy. And next game, Jaron might rest and Trey plays 30 minutes or Trey might be off onto the street as his 10-day expires. It's really, really hard to feel any level of confidence with any of these guys. We feel good about Vince. We feel all right about Santi. We feel all right about GG. I feel all right about Scotty, but I'm not convinced what they're going to do every game. Like, I know that if they said, hey, we're giving GG 30 and Scotty's going to start, then I'd be all in on adding him. But, you know... I don't know that, and nobody does, unfortunately, because there's no consistency so far. All right, let's move on to the next game. It is the Utah Jazz taking on the Phoenix Suns. We had a couple of lineup changes with Simone Fontecchio out. They did, in fact, go with Walker Kessler next to John Collins and Larry Markin back at the three. They really don't have any three, so that was interesting to see. And Devin Booker was out of this game, so Eric Gordon Got the spot start there. Let's go and have a, go ahead and have a look at the actual game itself. The Suns win at 129-115 was the final score. Um, the Jazz side is the more interesting side, uh, I think, in this one because we need to see what Walker Kessler was delivering and where, where it was at. He got 27 minutes, so that is way better than what we've been seeing. 10 and 9 with two steals and four blocks. So that's super encouraging because he's been averaging 19 minutes a game. Is that what they continue to do? I got it. Is Kevin Knox going to cut into that? I, I'm not sure, but it was intriguing. 31 minutes for John Collins. He had 21 and 14. Big numbers there, although a team worse minus 20. That's part of the problem is how those two work together. Markkinen had 22 and 5, and Chris Dunn played a few extra minutes. 
uh, as they played a little bit more three guard. Chris Dunn played 24 minutes, 9, 4, and 3 with three steals. That's at least putting him on the 12-team stream ra radar. We got 30 minutes from Keontae George. I won't say it was awesome. He had 11 points with six assists. But the extra like four or five minutes there are intriguing. While Jordan Clarkson played 32 and had 13 points and Colin Sexton only 24. So while we got Keontae playing 30, it was Sexton playing 24. So if Sexton goes and plays 30, where do those eight come from? So while that's good, and I think it is okay if you want to look at George, I don't think it's going to be an absolute must roster scenario. Clarkson was fine, but I think we're sort of in a fringy sort of area with him. And then we got... Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. No wonder they lost. Taylor Horton Tucker was back in the rotation. Seven points, 17% shooting, 14 minutes. Um, yeah, look, he's not good. Taylor Hendricks got minutes, so at least he's in the rotation. We'll see where this goes. 18 minutes for Hendricks, three and eight with a block. Not a great start. If you added Hendricks as a stash to see what would happen, I'd like to probably wait on that until the All-Star break just to see because they could obviously find an injury for John Collins. They could try Hendricks in the starting lineup next to Kessler and see how that works. 18 minutes off rip is pretty like interesting for Hendricks. The line's not great because of the shooting, but I like the rebounds. I like he had a three. I like he had a block. There's a little bit of something there that gives me marginal hope, but obviously it's not something that's happening right now. For the Suns, no Booker, so Gordon started. 19 points in 38 minutes. We can stream him if one of the starters is out. Well, Grayson Allen, a lot of calls to drop him with Royce O'Neal arriving. He had eight points with 14 assists, two steals and a block. I don't think that O'Neal is going to be a significant impediment to Allen. I think that all of those Akogi minutes and Bates-Diop minutes and Watanabe minutes is more what's going to go to O'Neal. Allen's been massive for them. Unbelievable shooter. He's been better on defense than you'd think. Now he's adding passing. I don't think they're going to be rushing to reduce Allen's role, so I would hold him at this point. Nurkic had 16 and 8, while Bowl played 14 minutes and had 6 points, and uh, Eubanks got the backup minutes, 12 and 7. Durant was good. Um, Beal was good. 31, 8 and 7 with uh, Richie Benno for Durant. 2, 2 and 2, 2 threes, 2 steals, 2 blocks, while Beal had 30 with 7 assists and 6 threes. Big games for both of those big names. All right, let's go on to the next game, the Denver Nuggets and the LA Lakers. A couple of lineup changes here. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who hurt his hamstring and then said, no, I'm fine, it's just a cramp. His cramp has lasted three days and he was out here. What a shock, athlete lied. And D'Angelo Russell, who had a tune-up procedure yesterday, who everyone thought meant was fake for being traded, didn't end up being traded, was off the injury report, and then ended up being out. Because why would we ever want anything to be accurate or remotely within the realms of reality? Like... What are we doing here? Very obvious. The KCP hurt himself. But again, when they come out and lie and tell you that it's fine with a cramp, like, do you disbelieve it? I guess so. Because he's out. It's not a cramp, my guy. It's not a cramp if you miss a game late two days later on. Um, so yeah, we saw Max Christie step into the lineup for D'Angelo Russell. We saw um, Justin Holiday somehow swindle his way into another starting opportunity for Denver. The Nuggets do win it on the road, 114 versus 106, the final score. Let's look at the Nuggets. Holiday, we'll start with him because he he started. Um, yeah, he fouled out with two points in 22 minutes. That's pretty cool. Michael Porter Jr. had 27 and 8. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 29, 7 and 11. And Jokic had 24, 13, 9 and 3 blocks. Big numbers all around. With KCP out, look, nothing exciting. Seven points for Reggie Jackson in 26 minutes. Christian Brown saw a minute's decrease. Peyton Watson played 25 minutes for five points, but we're really not doing anything with KCP out, apart 
from jacking off Contavious. Get that garbage out of here. For the Lakers, like I said, no D'Angelo Russell after he was absent from the injury report. We got a ton of Rui Hachimura minutes, and he had two points with four rebounds, and you do not roster Rui Hachimura. Get that garbage out of here. Max Christie hurt his ankle. He lasted 15 minutes for seven points, while Reeves had 15, 2, and 10. Torian Prince played 34 minutes. Pockets cannot resist, can he? 13 and 3 with two threes and two steals for Prince. He's only a stream guy, as I'm pretty sure we're, we're well aware. And LeBron and AD did most of the heavy lifting. 32 and 9 with three steals and four blocks for Davis. And 25, 9 and 7 for LeBron. If Russell remains out and you've got Christie out, well, they had to give seven minutes to Skylar Mays here. I expect that Russell returns in the next game, but we need to see. And then Jackson Hayes has found himself in the rotation. While um, Christian Wood played 19 minutes, 9 and 6 for Hayes with two blocks. They get pretty big there with Wood and Hayes playing those backup minutes. And Yahachimura basically exclusively at the three because of the absences of those other guys. All right, let's go on to the final game of the night. Battle of the, uh, I don't know, the somethings, the Detroit Pistons. And the Portland Trailblazers, some lineup changes here. The Portland was without everybody. Detroit was without everybody. The Blazers moved Tamani Kamara back into the starting lineup. Chris Murray went to the bench. Jeremy Grant returned, but DeAndre Ayton, he was out. Um, And on the Detroit side, we had changes there as well because um, Cade Cunningham returned and Killian Hayes has been moved to the scrap heap. So that was the changes we had. Plus, the benches were completely um, ruined. There was just nobody around. But we got some interesting performances and stuff that we do need to talk about. So let's talk about that right now. The What is that score? The Wow, the ESPN box score is completely off there. I'm going to change that. All right, that's better. Um, the, the Pistons win in overtime after being down massive. Uh, I think 20 points in the fourth quarter. They win 128-122, the final score. Jalen Duran played 37 minutes. He had 27 points, 21 rebounds, and three blocks. His defensive stats had been disappeared. They'd gone. That's awesome. He's the 21st-ranked player over the last two weeks. Cade returned 39 minutes after sitting yesterday, 23-2-5. But of course, there was no Isaiah Stewart, no Quentin Grimes, no Simone Fontecchio. Danilo Gallinari's been waived. Um, They're probably the major ones here. No Shake Milton, no Troy Brown. So it is hard to fully understand what's going to happen. Cade had 23-2-5, pretty good. Jaden Ivey played 48 minutes. This is the man that Monty Williams hates. 48 minutes. He had 26 with seven threes. Just horrendous percentages, though. 38 from the field on big volume, and then three of six from the line. That makes him makes him difficult in a lot of situations, but you do have to roster him. And the other one we've got to look at there is Marcus Sasser, who played 38 minutes. 17-11 with two steals and three threes. That's all well and good, except Fontecchio, Stewart, and Grimes are probably going to be rotation players. I don't think we're going to be able to find 38 minutes a night for Sasa. In the short term, if you want to stream him, I do get that. He's playing pretty well, but that's an extreme level. Remember, Killian Hayes wasn't in the rotation, and Alec Burks was, but there are a lot of players coming in, so don't get over the top. The way you can tell is Stanley Yamude played 29 minutes. He had 14 points with three threes. Again, you could just easily say, well, Amude is out, so that means Grimes gets his minutes, and those 13 minutes for Roden come in. It just is, again, play the 240 game. It is really hard to find Sasser 30 minutes a night, every night, to be a must-roster 12-teamer. We thought, well, not we. Let's let's rephrase this. There were a lot of people who were massive into Asar Thompson, thinking a lot had opened up here. I was okay with an ad, but I was a little skeptical, and it did not work out at all. Asar played only 29 minutes. He had some foul trouble, 
But with everybody out, playing 29 minutes is a red flag. Six and five on 33% shooting, missed both his free throws. If you did add Asar Thompson, I, I think it's a hold, but I do think that our fears could be realized that this does not open up this gigantic path to minutes and that they will play Fontecchio and they will play Grimes and they will play Sasa and we won't get unfettered access to 33 minutes a night from uh, Asar. We haven't got 16 minutes of Jim Wiseman in this game, so that's cool. And uh, Mascala started and had six points. But again, this is a completely look, different looking team in a week because Stewart will be back. Grimes, I guess, will be back. Fontecchio will be there. I just don't know how they're going to run all of this. Will they even play, they play Yvonne Fournier? Don't know. Don't know. Too many questions. Well, so many questions, actually. For Portland, they were without DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, and Sterling Henderson. And then Ayton's replacement was Dwap Reith, and then he was out. And there was no Shaden Sharp, who's out for the season. And then we had Anthony Simons leave after playing 25 minutes. So what do we take away here? Well, Jeremy Grant had a big one, giggity. 49, 8, and 6 on 48% shooting. Simons was also popping off before he got hurt. We had 38 minutes from Thibel, which gave us five steals and two blocks. But is those minutes, or are those minutes realistic? Probably not. Kamara played 36 and had 9 and 10. I don't care that much. And Jabari Walker, who'd been trending down really hard, played 43 minutes, 17 and 11, with two blocks as the starting center. But it took two players being out, Aiton and Reith, for him to get there. He was going to be benched. When they announced their lineup, he was coming off the bench. So don't, I don't, I've been, hey, let's watch Walker. Let's see where it goes. Luxury stash. Maybe they shut down Grant. All those things, right? But he, he'd been trending way down and it took two players being out, Aiton and Reith, for him to jump back into the starting lineup because they were going to start Kamara over him. So yeah, again, one of those situations where it's just like Aiton, Brogdon, Scoot, and then Reith all being out makes it almost impossible to take much out of the minutes for Chris Murray, who played 28, the minutes for Walker, the minutes for Kamara. We got Ashton Hagens, who played 28 minutes. Ashton Hagens was announced as signing for this team five minutes after the trade deadline finished on a 10-day. He had four points in 28 minutes. So it's great to see some big games. It's great to see Sasser and Duran and Ivy. It's disappointing to see Thompson. It's great to see um, Walker, and it's great to see Thibel, but you could form an NBA team that's probably better than both of these teams with the players who are absent from this game, which you know makes it really hard to assess where this goes in the long term. And again, it's, it's going to be the problem with a lot of these bad teams all through this period where there's so many weird trade things, injury things. Also remember, again, this is a weird part of the season. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, while the traded players are moving around, you get some of the wildest rotations, and then they adjust again, then they adjust again after the trade deadline, and then they adjust again in mid-March. It's going to be crazy time. You've got to be ready to, to look at it, but also not get too excited and too wrapped up in individual performances in these weird situations. Yeah. All right. We got that? I think so. That is the nine games done across the NBA. Let's um let's go and do... Let's do Monstrous Line of the Night. Yeah, let's go and uh, do that right now. Who was the best performer today? We had a couple of um, candidates. I think in the end, though, the solution is pretty obvious. It was Luka Doncic, who had 39, 8, and 11. Another massive game from Luka, who just continues to put up great numbers. Again, when I say sell high on Luka, I mean take Jokic or Shea. Take a top four player back. That's it. That's what I mean. Um, great performance from him. The waiver wire line of the night, the best performer, who's rostered in under 50% of leagues. I don't really think there's anything to take away from this game, but the big fella, AJ Green, old triangle chin, he had 27 points with seven triples. 
And that game is one of those big, just like, just chuck it out games because he's not going to do that. He's not going to shoot 81%. He's not going to get those minutes most nights. The young gun of the night, the other day I, I shafted him. I actually skipped over him because I thought, this guy's too too good looking. He's too powerful to be a second-year player. So I made sure that we go to the passport legend, Jalen Duran, 27 points, 21 rebounds, and three blocks. And lastly, your dud of the night, the worst performer of the day, Forgot who we gave it to. Let's have a look. Oh yeah, big Nick Claxton, seven seven rebounds, six points, thirty percent shooting. A lot a lot of future uh, performances today. But Claxo was the highest rostered guy, the guy over seventy percent rostered who did perform the worst. Let's talk about the top six players now of the day. We'll start with the top six players um, in category leagues. Number one was Doncic, followed by Franz Wagner. Then we had Kevin Durant. We had Donovan Mitchell, Steph Curry, and Jeremy Grant squeezing in there at number six. Your top six players under 50%, AJ Green at number one. Don't really care for that. Jay Crowder, also don't care. Eric Gordon is streamable while Booker is out. Achua, yep, we go and add him. Drummond, I think we add him. And then Greg Jackson. I'll talk about this now, but uh, since I recorded the section on the Grizzlies game, it did get announced that A, Chemezi Metu got waived by the Grizzlies, and B, that GG Jackson got his two-way contract converted to a four-year deal. Fantastic. So now we have a bit more confidence in GG, but we still don't have confidence in minutes game by game. We still don't have confidence in shooting. He is going to be more of a points league guy than a category league guy. I don't mind an ad of GG Jackson, but this game does not signify that it's all going to be peaches every single game. Look at the game log. Look at the variations. It is all over the shop. But not a problem taking a flyer. We'll see where it goes. Um, let's look at the top six players in points leagues today. Number one was Luka Doncic, followed by Anthony Davis, Jeremy Grant, Kevin Durant, Jalen Duran, and Franz Wagner. I should have used that as an opportunity to tell you there was more wavings in Charlotte. Both Ishmith and Frank Nilakina got waived. So that does, I think, open up some stuff there for Trey Mann. Trey Mann's an interesting stash guy in Charlotte, but a lot of it's just going to depend on what they do with LaMelo Ball. Because if LaMelo Ball plays, then Trey probably won't be useful. But if Ball is out, then I could see Cody Martin and Trey, Ma- Trey Mann playing a lot of minutes and being 12-team league players. But because of the nonsense with these teams and their bad injury reporting, we're sort of left a little bit in the dark with it at this point. Let's... um. Let's take a look at our last little part here. We're just going to give a, a bit of a checklist of some options. I think Keontae George, the minutes are trending up. It's okay to have a look there. You might have other guys you prefer. I think Andre Drummond is worth a look. I think Gigi is worth a look. But again, there's going to be skepticism. I don't have any confidence in those roles holding. I think Max Struess is completely droppable if you want to. Same with Jeremy Sohan. You don't have to make those moves. But I do think that they can be moves that do um, work out and make sense in the long run. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Still a, a lot of stuff that can happen with this um, with this league and with this uh, time of the year. And that brings us to the end of what has been an incredibly, incredibly long day. Go and hit the old subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the notification bell. Double bang the show. And I am going to pass out. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. See ya.